Oh, where's that Ian? Man, he's never here on time. Okay, let's see. Open up the Hangout. Figure out where he is. He's just... Oh, Katie. Hi, Ian. What are you How's doing? doing? Well, you know, I heard you guys needed some cleverness. Cleverness. So here I am. Oh. Yes, very clever. Yeah, I guess. I can't find Ian. I think maybe he's gone. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess since you're here, do you want to do you want to do a, a podcast with me? Sure. Why not? <laughs> this is 8-Bit, episode 63. Your bush is pretty thick. On Sunday, January 27th, 2014, and now with Winnie the Pooh and a demented owl. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck with guest Katie Redmond. Oh, good, awesome. Well, I, I have some. I don't know how like I was doing anything anyway? No, of course not. You don't have lots of games to play or, or homework to do or anything. Well, my backlog is not as big as yours. No. Wow, that's uh, not gonna make a large penis joke here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so actually, I, I think I think I do know where Ian is. I think he's in Europe right now, which is kind of excusable because he's been giving us cool pictures. It's not excusable. <laughs> lame. Yeah, it's 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 really. Well, I mean, it's kind of too bad that he's not here, but at the same time, it's one of those life experiences. You have to go to Europe at least once, right? And. It might as well be during your college years when everything's paid for by, you know, everybody else, all those old people who give us scholarships and stuff. <laughs> Just take out a loan. It's uh, not like yeah, it matters, no. right? Money that you don't have to pay back until like 20 years from now is free money, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. definitely. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about video games? I kind of feel like talking about video games right now. Sure. Yeah. So... I feel like that's the point of your a podcast, so yeah. You know, I was trying to make like a segue thingy, but yeah, if we want to just, you know, call out all the segues as usual. flopped around like a magic carp right now. <laughs> See, the cleverness, that's why we have you here. Uh, <laughs> so I got some headlines, and uh, if you, the listener, if you're interested in reading these headlines, you should go to thenexus.tv slash eb63, because that's where all the links are. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Um, so, Katie, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about this guy who was taking on the role of an in investigative journalist in the game Rust. And, uh, well, this week I found an article about a guy who was being a war correspondent in Grand Theft Auto Online. So, basically what he's been doing is he's been using the in-game camera to capture as much of a story as he can in, like, one shot and he's intentionally doing it in like, you know, a 4 by 3 square aspect ratio and like kind of a sepia um overtone on on all the pictures to make them look, you know, old old timey. Um and some of them are really really good. Uh, so Okay. Yeah, have... I remember you telling me about that whole rust thing. And I think I heard that story like 5 times because you were like, "Oh, this is so cool." blah 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 blah. blah. And I was just like, 
All right, this one is one, two, three, fifth time I've heard it. Yep, yep, still funny, Ian. Uh huh. Were we at least with different groups of people? Um, maybe, maybe not. Really? Uh, it was kind of like a blur of you telling everyone who was in sight, so it could have been different people, or it could have been like, hey, Katie, listen to this. And I'm like, if it's about that thing again, Ian, I've already heard it. <laughs> so, yes. Well, it's a good Thanks story. Thanks for that. Well, I mean, it was funny, the whole, like, who is her? What do you feel about? It's like, I like to kill people. And shoot blah, blah, people blah. in the face. Yeah, shooting people in the face. It's like, okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, Sony is currently investigating a PlayStation 4 error that corrupts saved game files on several different games. Which, I mean, I feel like both systems had problems like for the yeah. first few months. But so This is, this is like, a new one. Yeah, this is a new one, but it's just another problem to me, I guess. It's just what comes with the games. Yeah. I mean, I did see an Xbox One, like, smoking. <laughs> once. Yeah, That's that was familiar. pretty funny. Yeah, it was just, like, unplugged. He had to unplug it and everything. It wasn't even on. It was just starting to smoke, so... Huh. Hope that guy gets his money back. So... Declan's been playing the uh, the beta for the Elder Scrolls Online uh, every weekend that he gets into it. And a while ago, when I watched him play, all the characters had these computer-generated voices, which uh, was pretty... It brought a great sense of ridiculousness into a very serious game. Um, and I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you're looking at it, uh, this won't be ca- the case in the final game, of course. They'll have, you know, real voice actors. And apparently some of those voice actors are some pretty big players, including uh, John Cleese from Monty Python and uh, Michael Gambon from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Dumbledore will be in The Elder Scrolls. Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. Anyways, well, yeah, John Cleese, that's super close to being John Cheese. Just one letter difference. Yeah. Who's John Cheese? Who's John Cheese? Anyways, um, Sony will have a press event at the end of the month saying, Join us for an introduction to the Slimmest. Sounds like they might be bringing the Vita Slim to those of us who are not in Japan. And, yeah, I did see, like, I did read this article on the Slim, and I was just like, Meh, because I already have a PlayStation Vita, so I don't really need another one. Well, no, of course not. But it's just another option for people who haven't bought one yet. I mean, I have the I have the white one, the mm-hmm. one that came with the Assassin's Creed. So mine's not like a normal PlayStation Vita, but it's not slim. Yeah, I've, yeah, the overall case and the the actual hardware is probably exactly the same. It's just the color that's different, right? And the screen. They're switching out the screen for, like, an LED one. Yeah. Whatever. I guess it'll make some difference to some people who care about that kind of thing, but, you know. So, (laughs) the DICE Awards are coming up, and I'm actually pretty excited for them because these, like, unlike the VGXs, the DICE Awards are actually by, you know, people in the industry. Um, And this year it'll be hosted by Felicia Day and Freddie Wong. So, oh, like, Freddie Wong. Yeah, they'll actually have legitimate people who care about video games hosting it. Yeah, Freddie Wong's so cool. 
Unlike, you know, the guy who they had for the VGXs who just oh, God, made he terrible was so awkward. Sexist oh. jokes and stuff. It was bad. Yes. That's sexist jerk. <laughs> Anyways, um, Steam is pretty notorious for their no returns, no refunds policy, but you can now cancel a pre-order by going to your transaction history. You can get refunded, but I'm not sure if they can put that money in your Steam wallet or if the money goes back to the card, PayPal, whatever you use to pay it. So... I mean, I don't really use Steam a lot, you know, more PlayStation kind of person. So I don't this doesn't really affect me. So it might affect you. What are your thoughts on this? Um a well, wise I'm, and powerful one. I'm glad that they've added that for pre orders. Like obviously you still can't get refunded for games that you buy because you can't really return them per se, because they're, you know, digital goods. Yeah, um, they're digital. But, like, apparently you could get refunds for a pre-order before, but you had to, like, go through their support system and add a ticket and stuff uh, in order to get refunded. So now it's just, you know, it's all automatic and easy to do. So it's nice. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. So I've been playing War- World of Tanks, and actually I'll be reviewing that later in this episode. Um and normally in World of Tanks, each team is made up of, you know, a bunch of random players, uh, you know, who are... are at around the same level in the game. Um, but in an un- upcoming update, they will be introducing a nation-on-nation combat mode, uh, which should shake things up a bit. So, uh, a bit. so, you know, it'll be a bunch of German tanks versus a bunch of American tanks, say. Cool, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you pretty much really like that game. I see you play it pretty much. Either this, that, or World of Warplanes. Yeah. I really are into that one. I play one or the other every day, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds like it's going to be fun. All right. So, oh, this one. Apparently, yeah. Microsoft doesn't understand the point of digital sales. Because currently, the digital versions of games cost as much or more than the retail versions. They are planning on starting to price games competitive competitively, but seriously? Why wasn't this the case from the beginning? Oh, this just is like seriously annoying to me. This is why I don't like like Microsoft anything. Yeah. Mm. I, I just, man, like, I'm, I'm so used to being pampered by Steam, you know, who just goes, oh, what's that? You you want to pre-order a game? Ah, here's some, some bonuses along with it, and like, you know, like, $5 off of it as well. Um, you know, or like, what's that? You want you want to buy a uh, um, Bioshock Infinite like a couple of months after it comes out? Here, have it for ten dollars. Yeah, Microsoft has no idea. I mean, they are, like if you have the Xbox 360 or Xbox One, they make you pay for like online play anyway. So I'm not sure why they're making you why they're making you pay more for games, whether they're digital or not digital. They already have you like bound and tethered. I th- well, yeah, I think that PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation 4, actually, you have to pay for online play as well now. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't but- really done research. It just looks shiny. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the average American consumer. <laughs> uh, ta-da! 
I'm amazing. Moving on. The Oculus Rift. Uh, they apparently have a new competitor, the uh, Glyph by Avagant. And this one is being Avagant. marketed... Yeah, apparently they're a company out of, like, Michigan. I've never heard of them before, but they're there. Um, so it's being marketed more as a personal, a mobile personal theater than as, like, a, a virtual reality headset. Uh, but it does feature, you know, head tracking and all of the all of the um, features that need to go, you know, be in it for it to be a virtual reality headset. So basically, it just looks like a pair of headphones, but you can flip down the bar that goes over your head so that it's in front of your eyes, and then there are, like, little mirrors in there, and it projects the image that you're seeing onto those mirrors, and it bounce, bounces back into your eyes. Um so you can, like, the idea well. is that you can take it with you wherever you go, and it'll, you know, it works with PC and with phones and basically any, like, uh, uh, device that you can imagine, apparently. And it's just like, yeah, like a screen that you can put over your eyes. I feel like this is a good thing for Oculus to have a competitor, because Oculus has been, like, one of those things, like, normal people are like, oh, that's so cool, but I can't have... But now that this thing's going to be coming out, Oculus is going to be like, oh, crap, we were stringing them along for too long. (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't have done that. Because, I don't know, I think it would be really cool to have, like, an Oculus Rift, and I couldn't buy one. So hopefully this will be either, like, an equivalent or better, and then Oculus Rift will kick themselves. Whatever. (laughs) And hopefully they'll they'll both you know be forced to have reasonable prices. Yeah, there you go. Not sky high. So this week I found a couple of really interesting stories. Um, they're they're not very good stories, like happy stories, because they're kind of depressing. <laughs> um, so the first one is um, so King, the publishers of Candy Crush Saga, and you know all of those other something something saga games on you know mobile devices uh they've decided that they want to trademark the word candy and there's no st- yeah like no what? stipulations on like a type of font that they're using or like size or color just the word candy but that's like not even anything really everyone uses candy everywhere exactly like, um, as a word itself <laughs> So so now that it's been, you know, they, they've sent in the application for it, uh, game makers who believe that they'll be damaged by this trademark have 30 days to challenge it, and I hope that it, you know, doesn't go through, like, that somebody challenges it and it, and it gets taken down, because it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Like, just the word candy? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh... And so actually, Ezra... As a result of this article, I, I went and did some research on, like, how trademarks work. Um, and apparently, so the reason that they're allowed to use the word candy is because it doesn't actually describe, like, the product at all. For example, like, Apple, the company, Apple, can trademark the name Apple because it doesn't actually describe their products. Um, you know, but, like, if you have a, an actual fruit company, they wouldn't be able to trademark the word Apple because they're selling oh, literal apples. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> when they when they put in the the application to trademark candy, the trademark bureau or whatever they're called, were like, oh, they make games. Clearly, they're not making candy. But I think, obviously I think that since there is candy in 
their their game, it kind of describes the game, right? So I don't think that they should be able to trademark that. Um, no, I. That's just crazy. I should be able to trademark my own name. Come on, no one should have the same name as me. And then that's kind of to pour salt on this wound. King has decided that they are going to uh, take the guys who made the Banner Saga, which is a game that's currently available only on PC. Uh, they 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 are trying to prevent them from using the name Banner Saga because you know it follows the the two words followed by the word saga. Uh, um, trademark that they have for all of their other games, right? Yeah, that is super lame. But once again, <clears throat> like in the Banner Saga, they're using the word saga to describe the actual game because the game is about a saga, right? Yes, so but, they can't trademark saga. They can only trademark candy. Exactly, yeah. God. It's, yeah, and then... Terrible. And so then terrible. there's an indie developer who has accused King now of cloning a game that they made back in 2009 and using the Pac-Man brand to confuse customers, which kind of makes them hypocrites. Yeah. I mean, seriously, they're trying to trademark all this stuff when they're stealing trademark stuff already. Whatever. It's been an interesting week. <laughs> I don't play Candy Crush anymore. Yeah. Did you Have you ever played any of the other games of the Whatever Whatever saga? Because I haven't really heard of any of them. Besides Candy um, Crush. No, but I, you know that Juice Cube game that I play? Mm, that really no. cute, sickly cute one that makes all the cute, sickly noises? I think that might have something, some form of connection with Candy Crush, because it's like the same style of gameplay. Right, it's Except it's instead of like, yeah, Connect 3 or 4 or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. So that's that's King. Crazy. They're doing crazy, stupid stuff this week. Um, <laughs> and then there's also been some snafus about uh, endorsements and disclaiming those endorsements in uh, in in you know certain forms of media. <coughs> so this started off as um, we found out that Microsoft and EA have been paying YouTubers to show footage of their games and to, you know, not say anything negative about them in their videos. Um, and at first, this seemed, like, pretty shady, but then both companies, you know, uh, told us that, well, you know, the, the people who were making these videos were supposed to, uh, you know, disclaim that they're being paid by Microsoft and EA to, you know, to promote their games. Um, and this wasn't always the case, but... You know, since the companies told the YouTubers that they were supposed to tell everybody that they were being paid to do this, uh, you know, they're not running afoul of, like, the Federal Trade Commission guidelines. So this is intelligent in the most evil way possible. Well, I mean, it makes sense, because, like... I mean, yeah, everyone goes on YouTube... And they're and they're you know well within their rights to pay people to promote their stuff as long as mm -hmm. it's clear to the consumer that money has been changing hands. But do you know where it hasn't been clear that money is changing hands? On Conan O'Brien's Clueless Gamer segments. So really, yeah, he's yeah. getting paid to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, kind of figured as much, but I didn't know if it was like real or not. Wow. Yeah. So like sometimes some of, some of the games that you see on there have paid to for you know to be on the show um 
and the ones that do pay tend to get more favorable reviews by Conan. Um, so, for example, the, the one that he did for Halloween featured three horror games, Amnesia, Slenderman, and Outlast. And the company behind, behind Outlast paid them, uh, you know, to be on the show. And that was the only one that Conan really, you know, received positively that he, that he seemed to like on the show. Um, and apparently, you know, the studio thinks that they don't have to disclose, disclose that these deals are going on because they are not serious reviews or endorsements. You know, they, they say at the beginning of this segment that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Conan O'Brien. I don't know anything about video games. Uh, but, you know, since tons and tons of people are watching this, yes. so, somebody's he's going influent- to be... Uh, he's influential to them. Yeah, so. exactly. Ugh. It's pretty. That's pretty shady. That's more shady than what Microsoft and EA were doing, in my Whatever. opinion. Whatever. I think so too. Blah. So yeah, be careful. Be careful. Uh, who you who you listen to, I guess. Um, because you never know. Was there like a paid. list of people? Was uh, so a list of YouTubers? You mean? How could I figure this out? Yeah. Um. So in the in the case of the Microsoft one, um, the. Part of the program was that they had to label their their videos with this with a particular tag, you know, on YouTube. So if you search for that tag, um, then you should be able to find all of the videos that were part of this program. Um, and that that information is in the article itself. Hashtag Microsoft's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's all the news for this week. Um, now we have a few reviews. Uh, so I'll talk about World of Tanks, because I've been enjoying that a lot. So I actually got started on this game um, last fall when uh, at the, the uh, computer science LAN party. Uh, one of the, a couple of the freshmen got me started on it, and um, man, it is, just, it is a fun game. So, so Katie, can you describe to everybody the laugh that I make when I'm playing World of Tanks? Oh, God, I don't even think so. It's kind of like a cross between Winnie the Pooh and, like, I don't know, something demented. Like, <laughs> do it, Ian. Show them. Show the world what you sound like. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe, like, Winnie the Pooh and an evil owl. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> World of Tanks uh, is an MMO where you... Um, you get you get placed onto it's it's completely round based. Um, so you get placed into t- two teams of fifteen, um, and uh, you know you're all obviously everybody is controlling one tank. Um, and there are several different classes of tanks. I'll describe those later. But um, so the the game lasts until either all of one team is eliminated or one team uh, captures the other's base. Um, and so. I was pretty lucky to have an experienced player there with me when I first started playing because I would, you know, I would have been quite the noob uh, when I while starting off. Um, and that's mostly because in this game, if you're the first person, like between two tanks, the first person that spots the other person is probably going to be the one who comes out alive. Uh, so this game really requires you to strategically hide your tank. And yeah, I mean it. Like, you, you need to be stealthy in a tank uh, and avoid <laughs> detection by, you know, going from, like, bush to bush and watching out for other tanks. Um, and then, 
you know, waiting for somebody to be stupid and expose themselves, and then you shoot them all to hell. Um, <laughs> I hate it when those players expose themselves. Mm, yes, flashing. Uh, <laughs> what What is the thing they say when uh, your shell hits them? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so if you shoot somebody, you only deal damage to them if you penetrate their armor. Yeah, and and there's a disembodied there's a disembodied voice that will literally just say penetration whenever you like deal damage to somebody. It it's pretty great. Did not <laughs> penetrate. <laughs> uh, so they um. The way that this game works is, you know, if once you die in a game, then you're completely out of that game. You know, you can't contribute it to anymore. You don't respawn or anything. Uh, so you just have you have to go back to your garage and pick a different one of your tanks, and you have you have many, many, many different slots. Uh, you know, with where you can store tanks and choose from them. Um, so I, I think I have like nine tanks that I own right now. And you know, once you once you die in one battle, then you just pick another tank, jump into another battle, and these battles take like a maximum of 15 minutes. Um, so I really like how you know how how fast paced it is, and you know it's it's respectful of my time. Like I don't have to spend 30 to like 50 minutes playing one game the way that League of Legends is. Because um, frankly, when I'm playing a game of League of Legends, I get bored with the game before it's over, like well before it's over. Because I'm not very Maybe good at that game. Maybe better at it, yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> suck at League of Legends. Ugh, how can you even, like, function? Katie, you don't even play League of Legends. I don't. No, so, I would be terrible at it. Hush. I'm a terrible kind of person with those kind of games. But I think you would be better at World of Tanks because it's a lot more campy. You know, it's you. you can stay alive for... Longer, you know, if you don't just rush in and be stupid. So, um, like, what's which is what I stopping people from just like rushing in and then dying and then moving on to another game and then rushing in and dying? Nothing. Hoping that their team will win and getting more experience because their team does win. You can do that. You can absolutely do that. And sometimes, sometimes that is uh, useful for the team because, like. If you if you rush in and spot a few enemies, then everybody else on your team knows where those enemies are, and they can take them out even though you died. But what if you? That's not your intention at all. What if you're just like, hey, I want to get all the experience, but I don't want to waste uh, my time playing this game. I guess that's a good point. Um, and I would say that that is counteracted by the fact that the experience that you get only applies to that one tank. You know, it's not okay, it's not well, universal experience. Um, so, I mean, if you do it, like, so fast, like, you die in, like, 30 seconds, and then you just do it for all your tanks, and then you just, like... Go back to the first one? Yeah, you yeah. just, like, rotate it around. Hmm. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I, I mean, I would say that you're much, much more likely to win if you actually try to contribute to your team. Um... But yeah, man, that's a strategy that I hadn't even considered because I in, I enjoy playing the game, not you know trying to play the meta game. You know what I mean? You're too nice of a guy, Ian. You have to I, stop I that. I am. I no, no, it's working out for me pretty well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, if the if you enjoy that kind of thing, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to exploit a game, then you can absolutely do that, but nobody's ever going to remember your name. You know, you'll never be the person who wins the well, match what for your if team. I, so what if I get to the point where, like, I'm the beefiest 
powerfulest tank out there, and then I just like pew pew pew. The enemy's completely dead because well, okay. I hacked the game. So the thing is, like, um, if I if I you know get if if I get a lot of experience in one tank, uh, you know, and I it, so the game is is divided up by tiers, right? Uh, so you mm-hmm. have tier one tanks through tier ten tanks, and obviously, if you're in a tier ten tank, you are never going to encounter a tier one tank in a battle. You know, they they set when you join the queue for a battle, it's you know you'll you'll be placed like with a bunch of people, uh, either one or two tiers away from you, right? So I've been in games oh, so where so you'll never be the beefiest tank out there. You'll just be the same as everyone else. Pretty much. I mean, I have had. Games games where I'm one of the lowest tier people and uh, uh, you know and I, and I encounter one of the the big players on the map and I can't even penetrate their armor so I just go mm-hmm. well, no penetration I'm, for you I'm just gonna try and back up and like go away and hope that you don't kill oh you killed me okay well new new battle <laughs> um, but yeah I've so I've been I've been uh, the the tech trees um, are actually really, really, really fleshed out because this game has been out since 2010, so they've had plenty of time to add lots and lots of different tanks. Um, and right now, I've been going through the American tech tree, uh, doing, try, getting all of their uh, tank destroyers. Um, and so what tank destroyers are is they, they have a lot less armor, and usually they just have, like, their large gun is fixed in, you know, the forward position. Like, they, it's not on a turret. Okay. Um, you know, so they can only shoot forward, and I kind of like them because uh, they're pretty good at taking no out other nonsense, tanks. No nonsense, right? Yeah, Just exactly. Like, boom, boom, boom. Um, but I have to be careful not to get like flanked or anything. So usually, what I do when I'm a tank destroyer is I hang out in a bush while one of my teammates goes in in front of me, and then once somebody spots them and starts shooting at my teammate, then I shoot at those people and take them out. Do you like? converse with your teammates, or are you just like, um, sacrifice no. yourself for me? No, no, usually, I mean, like, right now. a lot of people just kind of understand what's going on, like, and since they can see that I'm a tank destroyer, they know that I'm not going to be, you know, putting myself into situations where I might, you know, have somebody to my side who I have to shoot I at. I don't know, That's I terrible. feel like if I was with you, and then I just saw you sitting in a bush while I drive past you, I'd be like, wow, that guy's a dick. <laughs> well, maybe they think that, maybe they don't. But, actually, the one class that you can get in, away with just sitting in a bush and not doing anything, well, not, not not doing anything, but, like, you know, never putting yourself in the line of fire, is the artillery cannons. Because the artillery cannons are basically the snipers of the game, and what they do is they just kind of back themselves into some bush in the corner of the map, and then when they zoom in, instead of, like, getting, like, a, a zoomed-in telescope view, they get, like, a top-down view of the map. And you get, you know, you 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 have to fire your your uh, shells kind of in an arc, and it'll show you, you know, where you can hit and where you can't hit. Um, and so basically, you just wait for your for your teammates to go and find somebody, and then shoot at that person and try and take them out, you know, supporting your teammates. So those I love playing as those because you don't you like never die unless like you're the last person on your team and then they you know come and find you in your bush and kill you but um i don't you know, know ian your bush is pretty thick sometimes oh my god <laughs> all the innuendos <laughs> uh <laughs> 
anyways. Getting, getting those artillery strikes out of the bush, huh? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. those. Yeah, big cannons. Bushwhacking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Penetration. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> the way that, so the, the game is completely free to play. Well, not completely, you know. Like, it's free to play, and then there are certain things that you can pay for. Like, you can pay for um, paint jobs on your tanks. You can pay for, I think, special uh, ammunition that might, I think it deals more damage, but it's fairly expensive, and I would never pay for that kind of thing. Um, and uh, apparently the game used to be, like, really pay-to-win, but they've changed that since then, so, um, you know, now you you can't really just, you know, buy a bunch of stuff with your money and assume that you're going to win a game. Um it's oh, much more balanced I hate games than that. like those. Yeah. So World of Tanks, not like that at all. Um it's it's really easy to just jump in and have fun. Um, especially since like a lot of the other people who are at tier one that you'll encounter when you start playing are just as bad as you at playing, so uh, <laughs> um yeah, I keep coming back every day because they uh, they give you double experience for your first victory of the day, uh, which I think is a pretty typical thing to do uh, for free to play games. Um, but yeah, you should you should start playing so I can play with you, Katie. Yes, you love playing with me, don't you? Oh my god! All right, so shut up and review we, your game. Yeah, it's my turn now. Um, so I think it was yesterday that. I was over at a friend's house, Amber, and I was like, wow, I'm super bored. And Amber was like, we should play a game. And I looked at her and I was like, you have no idea how to play games, do you? (laughs) So we decided to play Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. I think she knows how Um, to make coffee. She does know how to make coffee. Terrible coffee. (laughs) So, yeah, um, before before I played Brothers... I was playing Final Fantasy, and they were like, this is way too complicated, there's too many things going on. But Brothers is a simple little game that involves you taking control of two brothers um, and Hence guiding the, them uh, through title. this. Yes, the tale of two sons. But the, the whole thing was like, they're on this adventure because their dad's sick, and they have to go to this like special place to get this special thing to cure him. And the whole gameplay is really, like, I would say, like, difficult. I would say this is probably the most, well, one of the most difficult controlling things because you control each brother at the same time with the two analog sticks of your controller. And sometimes you just have to, like, slam them together and then try to move them forward like that because it's like really hard to keep track of them and then ah <laughs> uh, it was just like sometimes you'd only have to like you'd have to focus on one of them and then the other one would like fall off a cliff or something and then you're like god damn it ah uh-huh. uh, uh. you have no you have no idea how many times i let the little brother get eaten by wolves <laughs> so that was just Terrible. Basically what you're saying is that playing a co-op game by yourself is really hard. Yes. Yes, it is. It, I mean, you weren't supposed to, like, leave your brother behind, but I felt like in some of the situations you just had to because it was like, all right, go across this beam, and then you have to run and jump, 
but then like the little brother would be like on a different platform like in a different situation and then like ah it was just but oh my god the graphics were so pretty and I mean, we, for the longest time, we didn't know what language they were speaking, and we were, like, guessing, like, oh, my God, is that French? No. It's like, is it Spanish? No. And then it turned out to be, like, a made-up language entirely. Ah. So, yes. So how are the, the puzzles? Because that's pretty much what this game is made up of, right? Yeah, it's a puzzle game. Um. Well, uh, I didn't do a major well I did some gameplay with it but I let Amber play a lot of it and it was really infuriating because Amber couldn't figure out any of the puzzles and I was like this is so obvious this is what you're <laughs> I mean it's probably because I'm like a gamer so I can see like a situation and be like okay I have to do this and this and this and I have to take them through this and this and this but Amber was like I don't know what to do with this big shiny thing and I was like Ugh, Amber, you stupid, stupid woman! I wanted to strangle her so many times. Katie, I will so watch your YouTube channel. I yes, want this to happen. I, I, I feel like if it's just me and Amber playing video games, it will be entertaining, and I will get very angry a lot. <laughs> so the puzzles weren't hard, for me at least, because I'm used to situations where... You have to think through things and stuff. Mm -hmm. But for a typical person, it might be like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I better go explore a little bit and see what's going on. But for me, I looked at it and I was like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, that looks like something important. I'll probably use it later. So the challenge was non-existent for me. Mm -hmm. But the story was really, really good. I was just like, wow. For some people, for the whole thing where they're just like, Speaking gibberish, I was like, wow, they're really getting this point across. Let's see. I think the scariest part was when... Okay, so there's the wolves things, but you could see the wolves. But there's this, like, invisible, like, entity, kind of like um, amnesia, where, like, you're in the the water place, and there's this thing running around, and you can only see it when it's in the water, you know? Mm-hmm. So oh, it was kind of like that. Yeah, but it was in the snow, so you could only see its, like, footprints. And then you had to, like, hide behind frozen people when it came around. Huh. Oh, okay. It was really creepy, but it was cool. And, ugh, it was just... Yeah, I don't like playing co-op alone. That was That's understandable. fun. I mean, the whole game was pretty good. It's just that the co-op thing was just not fun. So what if you were to pay for this game, what do you think would be a reasonable price? Um, I'd give it like 14.99. Okay, $15. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. Yeah. I got it for free cuz of PlayStation Plus, so I mean, I don't have to worry about something like that. So I I've never been clear on this. Like, does the games that are free on PlayStation Plus, are they only free during that one month where they that they are on the list or <laughs> Does it accumulate? Yes. Oh, okay. So, like, new game, they rotate games. Like, so right. every month there's a new game, and, you know, sometimes we, we'll see it again, sometimes we won't. And, like, if you, like, download that game, then you have it forever. Okay. Well, not forever. Until you have, until you get rid of PlayStation Plus, when you're like, I don't want to be a PlayStation Plus member, so 
then you don't get the your free games. You can't play them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get your whole like online storage or whatever. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as, as so as long as you go and grab that game during that month and keep it on your hard drive, then you can play it at any. Well, point you down don't the road. even have to keep it on your hard drive. Oh. You just have to acknowledge that you purchased it. Okay, so keep it in your library. Yeah. So cool. cool. That's that's a good deal. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally and, go and get a PS4. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, I. Got my place or my PlayStation Plus near my birthday, which is November. So at the end of November, Black Friday, they always have PlayStation Plus sales, so you get it like half off. Mm-hmm. So I always pick up like twelve years or twelve year, twelve month subscription for like half the price. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so Katie, how much do you know about the the Steam in-house or in-home streaming? Absolutely nothing. Okay. So, how much do you know about the Steam machines? Um, I hear something about, like, Alienware charging something, but that might be totally relevant. I know about it. I mean, Steam machine, Steam at home, all that fun stuff. Okay, yeah, so the... Stream games to your TV. Yeah, okay, so, so, um, yeah, the Steam machines are basically Valve's attempt to get away from Windows, right? Um, so Mm -hmm. they're, they're these boxes that are built, you know, with, uh with SteamOS on them, and SteamOS is Linux-based, um, and it's got a whole interface that's, you know, meant to be on a TV, um, and they come with the Steam controller, yada, yada, yada. The important part of that for, for this discussion is that Linux, uh, you know, only has, like, 200 or so of the Steam games available on it, right? Um, so if you go and get one of these Steam machines, you won't be able to play your vast library of PC games on it. So what what Valve's uh you know solution for this is is Steam in-home streaming where you if you have you know any two computers on the same network uh that are you know are both logged into the same uh Steam account you can just stream a game from one computer to the other and the idea is you have your existing Windows you know mega uh awesome PC gaming rig uh, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere like up in your office or whatever, and then you have your Steam machine hooked up to your TV, and you want to play, you know, like uh, Borderlands 2, because Borderlands 2 is only available on Windows. Uh, so you know, you you just stream it from your computer to the Steam machine and play it on your TV. Um, okay. So the Steam machines aren't out yet, but the in-home streaming is currently in beta on Steam. So I decided to go and try it out on me and Declan's computers while Declan was in the shower and not paying attention to me. Um, so, <laughs> man, I didn't even get a smile out of him for that one. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I tried out a couple of games um, that, A, Declan's tiny little computer probably wouldn't be able to handle, and also, B, they were not installed on his computer at all, just to prove that that works. Um, so, I did uh, Batman Arkham City, and okay. I played some Borderlands 2. And it was pretty funny because I started up Batman, and I'm like, oh, wow, this looks really pretty, and there's, like, no input lag. And then I suddenly remembered that, like, I had I had the uh, glide button and, like, the grappling hook button binded to my uh, mouse thumb buttons, and his mouse doesn't have any thumb buttons, so I couldn't do those <laughs> things easily while I'm running around. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, let's go try a different game. So I... So I played some Borderlands 2, and um, the, like, 
it there's I couldn't tell that there was you know that I was playing on a different computer at all. Like it just looked normal. So there was like no normal. lag or no. anything like that. No, no wow. lag. But but you have to understand that Declan and I are you know Etherneted into ports that are right next to each other you know in the wall, and the university's system is pretty darn good. Uh, so yeah, obviously like if you're in a house with a crappy wireless modem, you might I mean router then you know it might struggle mm-hmm. with the bandwidth, but probably not because, like, all you need to be able to do, you know, if you can stream, like, 1080p uh, YouTube videos, then you're going to be just fine, uh, you know, streaming f- over your network because it, it doesn't even use your internet, right? It's just all over the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you should be you should be fine um, unless, like, other people are doing tons and tons of stuff over your network. But that's, you know, that's hardly ever the case in most households. Um, so the so I, I wrote up an article and had some pictures and stuff. Um, and obviously, like, while you're playing the game on one computer, the game is being displayed on both screens, right? Um, yeah. And, um, but the, the sound is only coming through the one that you're playing on, which is okay. what I, I found rather interesting. Um, also, I had read that you, when you're streaming from a computer, you can't use that computer for like anything else. So I decided to, to test that and try and break the system. So I went over to my computer and I alt tabbed out just to see what would happen. And what happened oh, was no. my desktop, you know, the environment was displayed on both computers. And so then on Declan's computer, I was able to just control my computer in general. So I wasn't even in the game anymore. The game was still there, you know, in the background. But, uh, you know, I was able to, like, pull up Photoshop and start doing stuff on Photoshop from Declan's computer, but using my computer to do it. Um, so, I guess, like, Steam uh, in-home, in-home streaming is literally just remote desktop disguised as game streaming. It's pretty much all it is. Um, I, I can see your point, yeah. Yeah, but, like... They, they've obviously prioritized the input lag and everything because like mm-hmm. when I tried when I tried to play audio surf on my Chromebook just by remote desktoping that was terrible and laggy and I was like almost a full second behind <laughs> the game and I had to like try and do the moves in anticipation of where everything was going to be a second from now you know um, but through through steam it was it, you know like I said there was no noticeable lag um, so impressive. It yeah, yeah it, it works as advertised. Um, I'm I'm hoping like I I don't have any Linux boxes to uh, test that out on. I'm not going to drag my desktop up to the dungeon to try and do that up there. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, you know we should we should get your laptop down here sometime and try it out just for kicks to see if we can play some beefy games on your laptop. Beefy games. Raw the games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. Oh, so much fun. Uh, so let's see, what else is going on? There's some exciting new releases, like Deus Ex The Fall. That's coming out on Android devices this week. Um, okay. What's should, it about? It's So it is a... It, it has to do with uh, the novel that they came out with, which was a prequel to Deus Ex Human Revolution, and I I forget if this game is a prequel to the novel or a sequel to the novel, but it it like takes place right around that novel. Um, Wait, do I have to read to play this game? No, no, you don't. I don't oh, think so. Thank God. But yeah, I it's it's like I think it's like six or seven dollars on Google Play. 
Um, so I might check it out, but I don't. I don't play very many games on my phone. Um, I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to check it out. If you do, I that's might. cool. Yeah, I might want to play that because you know me and, and my games. You have played the, um, you know, the real version of Human Revolution, so. Yeah, I didn't really finish that though. <laughs> um, what? Don't laugh at me. I just n- didn't get around. No, no, After no, I I'm laughing at all Declan. the homeless people, I killed all the homeless people in there, and then I was just like, well, now what Why do I do? Why did you do that? What, what are you killing homeless people for? I don't know. They were in the sewers, and I was bored, so I killed them all. Oh, my God. Well, here's a bit where we raise sociopaths, and... Uh, uh, <laughs> Yay, <laughs> but me! But they're sociopaths that can solve puzzles efficiently. Yes. More efficiently, and then I get angry at people who can't, and then and then you kill them. Think because... of ways to strangle them. Yes, exactly. Well, there's one very obvious way to strangle them. I think that would be with, with your hands. With a rope. Oh. Oh. Ro- oh. Wow. Okay. I have weak hands, Ian. I. Oh, I guess. Hmm. Well, we have different uh, approaches then. <laughs> yeah, your big old hands. Whatever. They'd probably get cold though and go numb before I was finished, right? <laughs> yeah, the, what you were doing on the video was very inappropriate. The whole grabbing. That is not what I meant. That is... Oh my god. Okay. We're gonna end this right now. Thanks Does for joining us, everybody. naughty? Naughty? Thanks for joining us for 8 everybody. I'm Ian Buck. I'm Katie Redman. Signing off. Goodbye. Whatever you want, Ian. It's your show. Hey, I'm thinking about doing my own YouTube channel. It's going to be called Three White Girls Play Video Games. Ah, he respawned. Good. Wow. Ian Buck respawns upon defeat. Oh, God. I don't even think so. It's kind of like a cross between Winnie the Pooh and, like, I don't know, something demented. Like, <laughs> do it, Ian. Show them. Show the world what you sound like. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe, like, Winnie the Pooh and an evil owl. Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> a gamer. So I can see, like, a situation and be like, okay, I have to do this and this and this, and I have to take them through this and this and this. But Amber was like, I don't know what to do with this big shiny thing. And I was like, Amber, you stupid, stupid woman! I wanted to strangle her so many times. Katie, I will so watch your YouTube channel.